0: After the uh, service next Sunday, they're going to be um, putting on a Easter egg hunt uh, for the children in the church, 12 and under, uh, that will, and there will, there will be no Sunday night service next Sunday night. When there is a, uh, a holiday, we only have one service, so there will not be a service next Sunday night, and I want to, re, uh, to remind you of that. Uh, And also, I will continue to remind, we have somebody for for this week, but we uh, need some more people to sign up uh, for the fasting on Fridays uh, uh, for the Murray family as they are working and doing work in the kingdom of God in South Africa and holding them up uh, in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Like I said, we have... Different ones has mentioned some things about this tonight, and uh, I really believe that every time that we uh, go to minister the word uh, God has something for somebody that is here uh, I don't believe thank you sir I don't believe in circumstance so uh I feel like that somebody needs to be encouraged tonight. Somebody needs to be lifted up. And uh you help me pray that uh we can get the message across that the Lord has placed on me on my heart to, to minister that can do so. We're gonna use a scripture that is well known. Uh many people quote this scripture. And we're going to uh, uh, read it, and we're going to talk about it tonight uh, in our message. We're going to be going to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13. Many of you can quote this by heart, no doubt. But let's just see what the Lord wants to speak to us this evening. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and told them. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Look at somebody and tell them God is faithful. He won't let you down. He won't leave you high and dry. He won't leave you hanging. Hallelujah. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to to bear it. Powerful, powerful verse of scripture tonight. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you again this evening, we thank you, God, for this service. Thank you for those that are able to be here tonight. We pray for all of those that are not here. And for the next few moments, Lord, I ask God, as we turn to your word, that you will open our heart for understanding and revelation. That we may see and understand what you would have us to have this evening, and we may use this to strengthen us and lift us up. And everything's accomplished, we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you can be seated. The scripture says that with the temptation also he will make a way to escape. From that that phrase in this text, I want to speak to you on a subject title tonight, God has a way out. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Thank God the deck is stacked. Now years ago, when I was a younger man somebody said you know it's easy to get tarred out we would have we would have revival services and we would have um uh, what we used to go around to different houses and have uh, cottage prayer meetings everywhere and we had our share of them at brother Leldon's sister uh, McNeese's house and uh after everybody was already gone, we'd hang around late in the night uh playing uh rook or udo or something something of that nature. Uh they had I remember they even had they had a had a pool table over and we have stayed till the sun come up. Lord have mercy. Mercy Hallelujah. Uh and uh uh, Stanley, he knew how to shuffle them cards, and he could he could stack that deck to where either he or his partner would get the rook and the or the red one every dad burn time. <laughs> and one night, about two in the morning, I seen. Uh, I seen Darlene over there talking to him. I said, what in the world is going on? And she was getting him to show her how to do that. And from that day forth, I never could win at a hand of cards with Sister Darlene. Don't play cards with the first lady. She'll take you for everything you got. <laughs> she probably, like, she don't she don't remember how to do it now. Hallelujah. But it's good to know, it's great to know in terms of our relationship with God and we're battling against the devil and we're playing against him, God's always got the deck stacked. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He always has a way out. There's always a way to escape. Every trial, every temptation, every battle that you have to go through because Jesus loves you. He cares for you. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. And He wants to see you above everybody else. He wants to see you make it through. Can somebody give God some praise in the house tonight? Anybody who has a relationship with the Lord should understand how much he loves and cares for all his people. He desires us to live a happy, fulfilled life and to experience the abundance of the riches of his mercy and grace. I believe that tonight with all my heart. But there are times, there are times in our life when it seems that everything just blows up in your face. And then we ask the question, why, God? Why did you allow this trial? And where were you in the midst of my storm? I tell you, folks, I have been there. I've done that. What about you? Hallelujah. I have seen the time more than once where everything seemed to just blow up in your face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you wonder what is going on. What is the deal with this? Well, let's just kind of break this down tonight. I'm going to uh, go back and rely on a word uh, that um, that we put together many years ago. Uh, this is going to be a preaching message. Hallelujah. Amen. The word temptation, as found in the text that we're reading tonight from the Greek, the Greek word for temptation is parezzo That's that's the Greek word for temptation as used in First Corinthians ten and thirteen, and it and this is what it means to prove something as by a test or experiment. Hmm. Hey God, I don't mind you doing experiments, but but I got to do I got to be the center of it all the time? Hallelujah. But that's that's what it means. But I want you to listen to this and try to take note of this right here. God will always test what your lips speak by the reaction of your heart under the pressure of temptation. Talk is cheap. And a lot of people know how to talk. A lot of people know how to brag. Hallelujah. But we as children of God need to be careful about what our lips speak. Because if we go around speaking such, 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 and such, God just liable test what your lips have spoken by the reaction of your heart when you're under pressure. He does that. But the purpose, and get this also, the purpose of the test is not the destruction of your soul. Hallelujah. God never intends it to, uh, to wipe you out. God never intends to allow it to take everything from you and leave you with nothing. The purpose of the test is not... To destroy you, the purpose is to bring to light. Now, watch this the hidden and weak areas of your heart that will stunt your spiritual growth and give Satan a target to attack. Come on. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I said there? That God uses temptation, He uses trials to bring to light the hidden things, those things that, that, that I and that you kind of seem to bury down deep inside of our heart. We don't deal with them. We try to lock them up in a hidden room of our heart. And I'm telling you folks, as long as we got a hidden room in our heart with things locked away, God is going to test. God is going to prove. God is going to try until every padlock on every do, uh, every door in your heart is busted open. And God brings those things to the light because God knows it's those areas, Amen, that Satan, Amen, will attack, Amen, and bring you down and weaken you spiritually and stunt your uh, your spiritual growth. Look at it like this. Now, I don't know, some people don't like to mark in their Bible. Mine is just marked up everywhere. <coughs> but uh, by that word uh, uh, temptation, there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man, <coughs> I put out to the side quality check. Quality check. I used to work for uh, state industries many years ago. Uh, spent about 13 years there, and uh, uh, as my tenure grew and I got some seniority, uh, I was able to work my way away from the uh, the working part of the job and the harder part of the job, and I got in the quality control department. And uh, I got I got my uniform and and all that stuff, and they, uh, I was put in the quality lab, and it was it was my job for a while to uh, To take a two wheeler and go out to the assembly line right towards the end, right right as they're beginning to box up the water heaters, and, uh, and 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 ship them out to pull one of those at random, take it back to the quality assurance lab, set it up, hook it up, where uh, uh, hook up a gas to it if it's a gas heater hook up electric and the water and all that, and run a series of quality checks to see and to make sure that the heater is functioning properly like he should. I'm here to tell you, folks, the devil has got a lot of tricks up his sleeve trying to deceive the people of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need, if we love the Lord and if we got a relationship with Him and we want to prosper in Him and we want to uh, uh Him to grow in us and we and we become mature Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we've got to understand and know that from time to time God is going to do a quality check of your life. Hallelujah. He's going to hook things up. Amen. He's going to put the fire to you. Amen. To see how you operate under pressure, but the te- purpose of the test, as I said, is not the destruction, but to bring the light to light the hidden and weak areas of your heart that will stunt your spiritual growth. I don't understand it, but there are some people today just don't seem to want to grow in God. They come complacent. They get on a, on a, on a particular level. And and they get satisfied. God, I don't want to be satisfied in this life. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want to never get to the point and place where I say, well, I don't need to go no further. We sing the chorus around here sometimes, I need you more. More than yesterday. Hallelujah. We all need him more. Can somebody say Amen. amen. <coughs> But the meat of tonight's message that I want to leave you with this evening is that God always has a way out of every test, every trial, and every temptation that comes to you. He has promised with every temptation there is a way to escape. It's already there. As I said in the beginning, it's set up. It's, 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 it's a stacked deck I don't care what the trial is You're going through I don't care what the temptation Or the trouble Or the heartache you're going through God never lets one of those things Hit his children Unless right along with it Is a way out God always has A way out He has promised that with every temptation There's a way to escape But now here, here is. Here's what it is right here. If we sat down and wallow in self pity, crying, "Lord, why me?" Instead of get up and searching for the escape route, then we could end up trapped by our own failure to uh, to trust in God and what He has told us. Now. Nobody was at the old church uh, when it caught on fire. And evidently it smoldered uh, for uh, a couple of days there in, in the attic. But uh, if I had been around or if I'm in any house or building and fire breaks out, Oh, oh, this thing's burning. Oh, smoke is filled everywhere. Why am I here, Lord? I guarantee you, I'm going to be searching for the exit. Come on. I'm going to be looking for the way out. And as more and more smoke comes in, if I have to, I'm going to do what to say. I'm going to get down on all fours. I'm going to crawl so I can get under that smoke so the smoke won't get to me before I can get to the door. Hallelujah. But a lot of people automatically begin to water in self-pity, wondering how come, why this, instead of realizing what God has already promised in His Word, He has made a way out with every trial you're going through. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Get up. Look for the escape route. There's a sign right there. that has got a little air pointer. Exit. Look for it. God says it's there. Do you believe him? Hallelujah. <clears throat> but now, there's a couple things I want to talk about dealing with this this evening. Number one, the escape route is not always obvious. Come on. How many has ever been in a point in place that you, something hits you and hits you hard and you look, you do look, and you glance around, but you wonder, how am I getting out of this? Hallelujah. How am I getting out of this one? How's this going to turn out? The reason why that church is the escape route is not always obvious. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, now now I want you to get this. Picture this in your mind, if you will. When the Lord led them out of Egypt, uh, he led them, the Bible says, with a pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by night. Now, he led them to a place to where there were mountains on their left, mountains on their right. Egypt was behind them, and the Red Sea was in front of them. If you got, uh, what is that called? The, The world, it's the Google... Uh, where you can you can pull down you can pull down and look at any spot Google Earth Google Earth uh, you can actually and it, it'll take you a while to look it up but you can you can pull down through Google Earth and you can see that great big open beach area where the children of Israel gathered that day and you can see there was a, just a little narrow valley coming between two sets of mountains. Now look at this. They had come out of Egypt. They was there. Mountains on both sides. Egypt and Pharaoh's army was behind them. The Red Sea was in front of them. When you look at that situation, amen, no military leader would ever put their soldiers in such a vulnerable position when you talk about using military savvy any military leader that's worth his salt would never put his army in such a position because basically if you look around what what's happened you're trapped you're trapped nowhere To go. And that's exactly what the children of Israel thought. There was a way out, there was an escape route, but it wasn't obvious to them. But if no military leader would ever put their soldiers in such a position, why do you think that God led them that way? Why did God put them in that position? God's always got a purpose. He's always got a reason. And I'll tell you this tonight, church. There are some things that you're going to go through with in this life that you will never figure out why on this side. You won't find out the total reason to the other side. Now, there are some things that I've gone through. I couldn't couldn't see the reason then, but after I got through it and I looked back, I could see the purpose. I could see the reason but don't try to figure out every every purpose and every reason because you're not going to figure out every purpose. But I believe, <laughs> I believe that God put them in that position. Number one, he was setting the Egyptians up for judgment. Remember what Brother Tony Davidson preached to us on our homecoming last year? It's a setup. Hallelujah. God was simply sick and tired of Pharaoh and his army. He had showed him all his power with all the plagues that he put upon Egypt. And God was simply so sick and tired, God led his people down through that area because he was setting Egypt up for a fall. He says, I'm not going to fool with them no more. Judgment is coming for Pharaoh and his army. So I want you to think about this. Hallelujah. The next time you feel like it, you are trapped, amen, you look on all sides, and there don't, don't seem to be an escape route on any side. Hallelujah. Just look at it this way. There might be an adversary in your life. There might be something, amen, in your life that's been causing you trouble for a long time. Hallelujah. And God is saying, I'm putting you right here because... The one like he told, uh, Moses told him uh, that day about Pharaoh. He said, you ain't going to see him from this day forward. It's over with. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't question God. Don't give up on God. Amen. Because it looks like you're in a hopeless situation. God might be setting your adversary up to take them down and take them out. Give him praise for that. But I don't believe that was the only reason. I believe that there was another reason also that God put them in that position. He was beginning to teach the Israelites their first lesson on relying on God for deliverance. He was giving them a lesson for relying on Him for deliverance. Sometimes it's hard when things hit you left and right and all every other kind of way. But if you trust God, if you believe Him, He's he's got the way out. He's got the deliverance. The escape route was there, but they weren't looking in the right direction. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, criest thou unto me, speak to the children of Israel, that they go forth. Think about that. Everybody was carrying on with with Moses, so Moses stops and he begins to call on, on the Lord. And this is what God replied to him. Why are you crying out to me? Come on, think about that now. God says, why are you crying out to me? You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of about 4,500 years later, hallelujah, the same God was laying down sleep, sleeping like a baby in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples came to Jesus and woke him up. What did Jesus say? Oh, ye little faith. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? What was he really saying? He said, you didn't have to wake me up. You could handle this yourself. Think about that. You're wasting time waking me up. You just, you just take charge. Of God. The power that I have given you, utilize it who's got that power if you're, if you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost the Bible says greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world God told Moses why are you crying out to me speak to the children of Israel that they go forward start marching don't be afraid to get your feet wet come on hallelujah Christians have a bad habit of crying to God When we should be going forward. It amazes me how much time is wasted in our meaningless chatter and struggle over situations and trials where God has has already got the way out. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. All we need to do is get up and go. Praise God. Get up and go. When we begin to move, the way out will be revealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what it took then. That's what it takes still today. The second point and the final point of our message tonight. Through the fire of trial, our liberty is won. Through the fire of trial, our liberty, our freedom, it's won. We have the United States of America today. But before the the United States was formed, there had to be a revolution. Come on, somebody. We talk about and we look at the names on the people who signed the Declaration of Independence. Do you realize that all of those Names on the Declaration of Independence, declaring independence from England, if things had went different, all the names that was on that paper, they would all be hunted down and tried for treason. Hallelujah. But thank God, somebody was willing to fight to back up the paper that was signed we got to have people in the church willing to fight to back up the words that God has given us in his holy word. If you want your freedom, if you want your liberty, if you want, if you want to be uh, uh, healed or whatever it is, then you got to be willing to do battle. And I'm not talking about with a natural sword or a natural weapon. <coughs> I, miss a, I miss a sign a picture we used to have in the prayer room over at the old church. Uh, I, I've looked for one. I had never been able to find another one like it. But, but this young man is bowed down in his face to the floor. And the caption on the picture says, Making war on the floor. That's what we got to be willing to do. We got to be willing to have a revolution. We got to be willing to fight a battle. Hallelujah. Amen. Through the fire of trial our liberty is won. Let's go back to the book of Daniel chapter 3 and read in verses 23 to 25. This is one of my favorite Old Testament texts. Hallelujah. One of the first messages I ever preached <coughs> was out of the third chapter of Daniel. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. When I first started preaching, I went 90 miles an hour. A lot of folks couldn't understand what I was saying because I talked too f- so fast. And this was before I ever got into Pentecost. One Sunday night, I was asked to preach at the old church that I used to be a part of. And... And I preached about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And man, I was fired up, and I was a preaching on that. And I kept, I kept saying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. After it was over, with one of the preachers in the church told me, he said, "I thought you was you were trying to speak in tongues there for a while." <laughs> Hallelujah. all oh, that? Well, I, 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 I wasn't doing it back then. But it didn't take long after that. I started wondering about that. Hallelujah. Let's read here, Daniel chapter 3, verses 23 through 25. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now, talking about a trial, they were going through a trial, wasn't they? Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Ah, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered, said unto the king, True, O king. <laughs> he answered and said, Lo, I'm counting four. And they're not bound, but they loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. <laughs> I want to give somebody a word right now. The same fire that the devil will light to try to consume you, God will use it to burn up your chains and your binds. That fire was so hot that it the, la- the flames, which if you read all that, it, it It reached out and licked in the men that put them in the furnace and burnt them up, but they fell down in the midst of the fire, and they were walking, and they were loose mm-hmm. inside they They heated that fire, heated seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. The king looking on the outside, began to wonder what was going on. I see four men, and they're not bound they're loose it's through the fire of trial that our liberty is won oh glory to god fire is a purification process which transforms our carnal nature into a spiritual giant ready to do battle any against any and all foes oh glory to god hallelujah god allows the fire of trial to come as testing, not destruction. And it's that fire that will bring your liberty, oh hallelujah. It will give you what you need. God never has and he never will allow a trial or tribulation or whatever, a test to destroy the ones whom he loves. Go back and think about Job. No one has ever went through what Job went through. And what happened to Job in the end? God gave him back everything he lost? He doubled it all back. He doubled it all back. And if the devil ever attacks you and takes something from you, you got your right as a child of God to demand double indemnity. Hallelujah. Now, devil, you're not going to get by with just giving me back what you took. You're going to double it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to double it. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost that I have tonight fighting the devil for me. Amen. It's better than a, than a lawyer who chases ambulances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're going to they're demand not just what you lost, but they're going to double it back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God always has a way out. Let's look for it. Hallelujah. Let's understand that God loves us and he said he would never withhold any good thing from those who walk upright before him.